All right, hello. Um, welcome to the uh, Mission Hills uh, Sermons edition of the podcast. We've been having some technical issues. I'm not really sure what's going on. I think there's uh, an electrical problem in our building. If you if you've never been to Mission Hills, uh, we have we have an old building that was built in the 1950s, and uh, I think the electrical work has not. I don't think it's ever been touched. So uh, sometimes on our podcast for sermons, we get kind of this weird hum or we get like weird, uh, creepy high school radio uh, patriotic music playing in the background. And um, yeah, that's really, it's really kind of weird. So uh, I'm going to try something different today and do a podcast edition of uh, yesterday's sermon. And I've never really done anything like this. So if it's um, really terrible, this will never happen again, and I apologize. Um, but we'll just kind of, I'm going to kind of talk and talk through it, and it may be kind of different just because usually on Sundays I try to give um, more of a conversational uh, approach and a conversational tone to what we do. And if you've ever listened on our website, or ooh, I'm sitting in my office right now, and um Right outside, there's <laughs> there's a a big uh, street that always has it's always has like crazy racing cars and uh, motorcycles around. So if you hear motorcycles in the background, I'm not at a drag strip right now. So I'm just sitting in my office. And um, <clears throat> so yeah, so let's uh, let's take a look at yesterday's text. Um, I usually preach through. The lectionary, which is a prescribed set of readings, and I really actually love it. And this was my first year ever teaching through the lectionary, so uh, I've made it a year. So, so we'll see. Uh, we're we're almost finished with year A, and then in a couple of weeks we'll start on year B in the lectionary. So, uh, I was really wrestling with this week's lectionary passages because they're. Um, that's one thing I like about the lectionary is that it forces me to to look at passages. Even being someone like myself who I read primarily the Gospels, those really speak to me more than, than anything else in the Scripture. And so that's kind of, um, to use a theological term, that's kind of my hermeneutic or the way that I see um, Scripture generally, or, I, or at least the way that I'm most challenged personally. Uh, but what the lectionary does is it forces you to even stop and read passages in, uh, in the Gospels and in the New Testament that you might just read and think, uh, that all right, and then just move on. So if you're like me, um, the passage in the gospel today, which is Matthew uh, 25, 1 through 13, is probably a parable that um, most of us don't really take time to, to read and think about. And it's uh, you'll see in a second when I read it. Uh, and I think it's just because it's generally kind of a strange passage and the language and allegory that he uses is a little bit dated to kind of the modern year. So um, yeah, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to read from the voice translation. I was reading a bunch of different translations and uh, this week, and even the message has, which I, I love the message. Um, you often, if you listen or come on Sundays, I'll a lot of times read the message or read parts from the message translation, which is just a, it's it's more palatable to, to my ear. And I think probably for, for most people, um, that are in their twenties, thirties and and forties, uh, we want to hear the Bible in a language that we understand. And and the message I think does a good job of that usually. Uh, but for this passage today, um, Eugene Peterson used, 
um, you can say the 10 bridesmaids, which a lot of translations use, or you can say 10 virgins. And the 10 virgins uh, really just rang weird to me. Um, and that's what the message used for this week. So I, I use the voice. The voice translation is, it's about, gosh, I guess it's about 10 years old now. And um, it's a really great translation. If you haven't uh, looked at it, you can you can Google search it. It's on Bible Gateway, so um, it's pretty easy to find. But I'll read this passage, Matthew 25, 1 through uh, 13 in The Voice. Jesus is talking. Or picture the kingdom of heaven in this way. It will be like ten bridesmaids who each picked up a lantern and went out to meet a certain bridegroom. Five of these women were sensible, good with details, and remembered to bring small flasks of oil for their lanterns. But five of them were flighty, too caught up in the excitement of their jaunt and forgot to bring oil with them. The bridegroom did not turn up right away. Indeed, all the women, while waiting, found themselves falling asleep. And then in the middle of the night, they heard someone call, and the bridegroom is finally here. Wake up and greet him. The women got up and trimmed the wicks of their lanterns and prepared to go meet the groom. The five women who had no oil turned to their friends for help. The ill-prepared bridesmaid said, Please give us some of your oil. Our lanterns are flickering and will go out soon. But the five women who had come prepared with their oil said they didn't have enough. So the prepared bridesmaid said, If we give you some of our oil, we'll run out too soon. You better go wake up a dealer and buy your own supply. So the five ill-prepared women went in search of oil to buy. And while they were gone, the groom arrived. The five who stood ready with their lanterns accompanied him to the wedding party, and after they arrived, the door was shut. Finally, the rest of the women turned up at the party. They knocked on the door, and the ill-prepared bridesmaid said, Master, open up, let us in. And then the bridegroom, refusing, said, I certainly don't know you. Jesus says, So stay awake. You neither know the day or the hour when the Son of Man will come. Yeah, what a strange passage. And... Um, I'm recording this on November 13th, uh, 2017, and um, if you've been staying up in the news, lately we've just had uh, just a slew of um, sexual harassment uh, allegations and cases that have been brought up uh, with people in the media, people in politics, and it's just, um, it's really horrifying, obviously. But it's also, um, we're also in a cultural moment where this is, um, we're experiencing a, a good shift, right? This is uh, something in our culture that has been ignored for a while and the way that um, men have treated women for a long time. And uh, this passage to me was difficult this week because uh, just the way that it kind of talks about women, like even the voice, you know, tries to do a job of describing the women, um, but it says, you know, five of them were flighty, too caught up in the excitement of their jaunt. And it, it, this allegory, this parable really paints, um, you can see the patriarchy in it, and this paints women as kind of like, oh, yeah, these five women who um, brought the proper amount of oil, and then these other five flighty women who, <laughs> women, right? They forgot their oil. And that just rang uh, in in light of all of the recent uh, news with how um, awful men are to women. <laughs> I couldn't help but read this week's passage with that in mind and just cringing, thinking, uh, like, what what could I possibly, as a uh, 30-year-old male 
you know, what can I possibly say? Um, not to, not to change, uh, the story, um, but to acknowledge, uh, the context that was written in to figure out, um, what message this has possibly for us today and really try to, to drill down to a deeper meaning. I often in thinking about passages like this, try to think of, um, I try to use the, the context and, and all the tools available, uh, to figure out, a new way and a fresh way to understand um, sometimes the really ancient stories that uh, I think often don't really seem to make a lot of sense. And obviously, this is an allegory where, um, you know, traditionally the oil would mean something or um, the bridesmaids and the bridegroom being Jesus. And, um, you know, what's interesting that's happening around this passage is um, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples and he's talking about um, when the Son of Man will come. And he's just gotten into it with the, the Pharisees recently at the temple. He turns over the tables and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, we were reading that in the lectionary last month, that Jesus really having this moment where um, his relationship with all the powers that be is really coming to a head in kind of the final few days of his life. And then he's talking to his disciples, and he, he happens to tell this story. Um, and I... You know, just thinking about um, all of the, the sexual harassment allegations, all the stuff that's going on in, in the world right now. Last week, there was a, a really bad shooting in, in Sutherland Springs, Texas. And I, I man, I just, you know, being uh, the pastor at a, at a small church here in Los Angeles, I was just thinking about that all week. And um, yeah, they were just really in my thoughts because uh, we've had a lot of shootings lately. We've had a lot of shootings and, and it's, um, it's really obvious that we live in, in such a culture of violence and, you know, we write it off as, is just being normal. And we've, we've just kind of consigned, uh, in our, in our culture right now to, to the, this is just the way it is. You know, this is, um, these sorts of casualties are, are senseless, but this is just, this is just our country and this is just how we, how we function. We're not really willing to make any sort of inward assessment that maybe we've made some mistakes as a culture in the way we've set up our society where um, we have this uh, rampant capitalist uh, system that uh, is, is free to, to make money off of, off of violence at, at, <laughs> to no end. It just keeps going. We live in such a, we live in such a war economy and, and, you know, I was, um, uh, Baylor football is doing really terrible this year. And so I was writing on Facebook this weekend, a little post, cause we've won one game, <laughs> we've won one game this season. And, uh, my dad had commented on a, on a post on Facebook and I wrote something about, um, yeah, this actually is so far, it's the worst season, um, that Baylor's ever had. And, you know, like a hundred, a <laughs> hundred plus years of football, it's really, really bad. And, um, this guy commented below my comment and just laid into all of these personal attacks. Like he looked on my Facebook, found out that I was a pastor, you know, looked at my picture, kind of figured out my age, and then just like lambasted all these personal attacks on, on Facebook towards me, um, just for, you know, making a comment that this is statistically one of the worst years in, in Baylor football history. And it, it really brought to my mind just like the the fear and anxiety that exists in our culture right now. Um, it's so pervasive, and you know the the dawn of social media 
has allowed us to to see that come to the surface in in really weird and new ways i think and uh you see this i think in uh in something stupid like like a facebook post about football where uh someone's personal anxiety uh comes out onto a stranger um for for no particular reason and i i think these things are are really connected and i say all this um because this Matthew story is, it's, it's a bizarre story, but, um, we have to, I think it's primarily a story about hope, right? When Jesus is, is talking to his disciples, uh, about the, the coming, uh, of the, of the son of man, uh, he's, he's trying to give them hope. I mean, things are, are looking bleak, there's a movement, there's an opposition movement um, by p- people in positions of power. Uh, and even the New Testament text um, that uh, I'll read maybe in a second from 1 Thessalonians, uh, Paul is writing to a community there where uh, their primary concern about 30 years or so after the time that Jesus died is um, where do they find their... Who's the plane? plane or something. Where, where do they find their hope? Because um, this movement that they've been swept up in, this movement of um, grace and love uh, in the, 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 days that, um, the days and years that, that followed uh, Jesus' resurrection, they've been caught up, you know, maybe a primarily Gentile movement in the church of uh, Thessalonica, and they've been caught up in this movement of grace and love and community and hope. And now, now members of their community are dying, and they're wondering. You know, I thought I thought this Jesus guy was coming. It's kind of like the parable from Matthew twenty-five. Jesus says, you know, there's a promise, there's a hope that the Son of Man is coming. Um, stay awake, stay. Which I think is another uh, another way to say stay hopeful, stay awake. Stay vigilant, stay hopeful that um, the preparation uh, that the parable talks about is not preparation of, oh, you, you need to fill, you need to fulfill the law in a different way. You know, the, the Jewish law said to do this and to do that and don't do this and don't go there and don't touch that and, and you can do this and then you make a sacrifice for that. And, and Jesus isn't saying, you know, be prepared. I want you to replace the Jewish law with a whole other host of things to do. But he's saying, stay awake, stay hopeful. And I think the church in Thessalonica has a, has a really good question. I mean, um, where, where's the hope? You know, it's, been, it's been 20, 30 years um, since, since uh, Jesus' death and, and resurrection. And, and we're, we're in, we're, we, we're in community, we're in this movement of grace and love. And yet people are dying, and and I just maybe I maybe will read just a, a piece of this for for time's sake. And and Paul says, um, here's what we believe: since Jesus died and rose again, in the same way God will bring with Jesus all who have died through Him. We can say this to you confidently because it, because it is the word of the Lord. We who are still alive and left behind when the Lord comes will not precede those who have fallen asleep in death. And then he goes on. Um, but his main message is hope in a, a hopeless time, um, hope in, in an age of in anxiety and fear. And I think right now we find ourselves um, 
in a, in a completely different age, obviously, in, in a completely different time, but one in which we are seeing a lot of violence, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of abuse in the way we treat women. And uh, this, it comes out, it comes out in, in weird forms. And, and we need to stay hopeful on behalf of the world. I think that's one of the main things that, that God calls us to, uh, and maybe particularly even today, is that um, we have to hope on behalf of the world. Uh, the stay awake that Jesus uh, mentions in the end of verse 13 reminds me of when um, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's, uh, he's staying awake and praying and uh, he knows like this is not going to be a good situation for me. And he's just, he's torn up on the inside about um, what is potentially, you know, probably imminent that his uh, arrest and death are coming. And he's just, he tells his disciples, stay awake. It's like my hope, uh, I'm at the end of my rope. Uh, I need you to stay awake with me. I need you to hope for me because I don't have, I don't have any hope left. I don't have any, anything left. So stay awake, stay, stay hopeful for me. And I think whenever we think of this Matthew 25 text, and maybe it sounds weird, uh, but maybe our call today is to stay awake. Stay awake on behalf of the world when it seems like everything is just completely going haywire, when everything seems like uh, nothing but uh, tragedy after tragedy after inexplicable scenario after inexplicable scenario. Stay awake. That's, that's our call. I, I think sometimes for me, I um, read and stay up on the news and, and I immerse myself in all of that world way, way too much. And um, I think sometimes to myself, just like, where do you even start with any of this? Like, wh- why, do we, why do we keep doing this? Like, it seems like sometimes the whole thing is just like such a lost cause because there's so many different things that are spinning out of control at once. But we have to stay awake. We have to stay hopeful. I mean, what what other call uh, for the people of God is there but to stay awake, to stay hopeful on behalf of a hopeless world? So when our friends are grieving, when our brothers and sisters are grieving around the world, uh, when tragedies happen uh, to people that we don't even know, um, and it seems like there is no hope, our call is to stay to stay awake. And so um, maybe that's where maybe that's where we are where we are right now is um, that that God is calling us to to stay awake whenever whenever things seem uh, darkest whenever um, things seem hopeless that uh, we are able to find our hope in the resurrected Christ. I hope you have a good week. This has been. This has been kind of fun. Um, let me know if this is something that uh, that you want to hear on a, on a weekly basis or or a monthly basis, and uh, I'll try to keep doing these. And uh, as long as long as we're having uh, technical problems uh, here on Sundays, um, maybe we can figure that out. But if you like this, uh, send send a message. Uh, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, hope you have a great week. All right, see you on the other side. Bye.